Hey, if we want to build the future, we're gonna need something. Like a high-speed internet connection that can turn my ideas into reality. Like the skills to become the world's most powerful coder. The resources to make more films with people who look like me. 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 Like the tools to start my sustainable shoe business. Way more space to collaborate. Yeah, that's better. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to open doors for the next generation so they can build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hi, I'm Shaletta Brundage. I'm a media personality, podcaster, and a business owner. But my most important role is mom. Three of my beautiful kids have been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. When I didn't know who to trust or where to turn, I found ACRA. ACRA provides home care services to families all over Minnesota. The care is not one size fits all. They know each one of my kids is unique. They listen to what resources we needed and what's best for our family. I've seen my kids grow and thrive with ACRA's in-home care. While autism is the most common diagnosis among ACRA clients, ACRA offers personalized in-home care services for people with disabilities, chronic illnesses, behavioral diagnosis, and mental illness. They work with children, adolescents, and older folks too. Find out more about ACRA at their website, acrahomecare.org. ACRA helps me provide my kids with a better quality of life. They can do it for your family too. It's, it's Not Your Fault is a podcast for parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the world and its challenges. Here's your host, Brandon Jones. Greetings, greetings, greetings. I hope everyone's doing well. Welcome back to another installment of It Is Not Your Fault, a teen mental health podcast aimed at parents, caregivers, and young people to make sure that we are paying attention to our mental and emotional health, and we're doing as much as we can to the best of our abilities. On uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about the area of experiencing violence. Last episode, I introduced a report that had just came out called the Youth Risk Behavior Survey, and that report was put out by the CDC, uh, the Center for Disease Control, and what they did was they took a 10-year study from 2011 to 2021, and they surveyed youth from all across the country to really highlight what are some of the growing concerns and issues that young people are dealing with. And as we know, that study was done, uh, you know, ten, over a 10-year period, but it came out in 2023. So in the last two years, things have increased as well. And I'm going to talk about one of the focus areas, which was experiencing violence. And this is, it's not just because it was in the report that I'm going to talk about this. If you've been paying attention to the news more recently, you've seen all types of viral videos, especially if you've been on social media, of young people experiencing violence at school, in school buildings. You've seen teachers being attacked. You've seen students be attacked. You've seen school shootings. Um, you've seen all types of violent acts. And unfortunately, this behavior has uh, increased over the years. And this survey highlights that. It talks about some of that violence that young people are experiencing. 
Now I'm gonna talk about experiencing the violence at school, but we can't uh, underestimate how much of an impact violence is having outside of the school settings as well. Think about the community, think about in-home. These are things that many young people are experiencing violence. And unfortunately they don't always have outlets to share what's going on, whether they are a perpetrator or a victim of the violence. And unfortunately we know when violence happens, trauma happens. And when trauma happens, it leads to all different types of unhealthy coping mechanisms. And we want to make sure that our, our children have the best ability to develop and live healthy lives. But unfortunately, due to responding to violence or avoiding violence, many of them are finding themselves in harm's way. So in the report, there's a couple things that kind of shocked me. I was, um, you know, even though I look at this stuff all the time, I thought that some of these things we were seeing uh, were actually decreasing, but they actually stayed the same over time. One thing that the report highlighted was violence is the leading cause of death and non-fatal injuries amongst adolescents in the United States. Think about that. In the U.S., one of the greatest countries in the world, we have a lot of opportunity to be who you want to be, do what you want to do. You have the freedoms to do what you want to do. Violence is the leading cause of death amongst our young people. And that's not breaking it down by ethnicity or race just yet. That's just in general. And I think about other countries where they're literally in the middle of war or they've been in the middle of war during this 10-year time period this survey was done. That wasn't the leading cause of death for those young people. But here in the United States, that is the leading cause of death for us. So it's something for us to think about. Violence places the lives of adolescents at risk and experienced violence may also be associated with the mental health problems, diminish academic success, increase sexual behavior, and substance use. Now, you might be wondering, how does violence increase sexual behavior? <laughs> like, if someone is being violent, why would why would sex become one of those things that the young person might go to? Well, because it is a stress reliever, and we don't think about that. We don't think about it from that perspective. But there are a lot of young people who engage in risky, what we call risky sexual behaviors due to them trying to avoid being harmed or to be accepted, right? Sometimes people are doing it because they want to be accepted, they want to be loved, because this other stuff's going on and they're being harmed. And what other way to connect with somebody or prove your loyalty than to share your body with them? And that and that can be some confusion as well, because you can be abused just in that manner as well. But that's a episode that we'll have later on when we talk about how do we help prevent our young people from getting into those risky sexual uh, engagements and dynamics where harm is being done, but also substance use. And, you know, we think about this. And if you're ever, if anyone's familiar with adverse childhood experiences or ACEs, it talks about uh, when adversity shows up in a young person's life, how substances becomes one of those things that people use to cope. And you have to think about youth culture today. It's so easy to get weed, to find pills or to experiment with pills to drink alcohol, or to make other types of illicit drinks that make you feel good, such as lean or codeine. And it's socially acceptable. We have them there in songs, there in music. A lot of the celebrities that young people follow and um, you know model their lives after, they end up, they use these drugs and they use them openly and they talk about it. And then the young people use them as well. So there's a social acceptance around the substance abuse. And it also has it also gives you dopamine. It also makes you feel good when you utilize these things. So again, it's important for us to be paying attention to this because we may have young people in our lives that are engaging in things 
uh, do that are just as harmful as the violence. And it might not just be the violence that's hurting them. It might be how they're coping with the violence. We know that violence, obviously, it will diminish academic success. We know that a lot of young people will avoid school um, or avoid, you know, class, or they might avoid a particular like level of a school building just because they don't want to be picked on. They don't want to be bullied or teased. So they'll just skip that hour of class or they'll just skip that day of school or they'll just skip being in the, even around the facilities of school to avoid being harmed or hurt. This is a very unfortunate dynamic. And then, of course, there's mental health and emotional health issues as well that comes with uh, the threat of violence or the experience of violence. I'm going to highlight two uh, two things from this um, from the study that uh, we should take as an alarming statistic. So, the two things that have increased over the ten year period when it comes to youth, and what this report was saying was we're headed in the wrong direction for these things. Is the one thing was um, the experience of sexual violence by anyone that has increased over time where young people are starting to experience more and more sexual violence, which, which means what it can be assaults or other types of very aggressive sexual behaviors. And the, the amount, and, and now I want to put an asterisk here because it might not be that we are experiencing it more. It also could be that it's being reported and we have to make sure we have that advocacy and those outlets for people to report the things that are end up happening. But they did notice that between 2011 and 2021, that over that time period, there has been an increase of reported sexual violent incidents. The other thing was children not wanting to go to school due to safety concerns. So this is the complete checking out of school due to safety concerns were also another one of those things that has increased over that 10-year period. They also highlighted uh, when they broke it down by demographics, what were some of the students who were who were struggling? What did they look like? What, who were they? You know, were they girls? Were they boys, et cetera? One of the things that they found out was in 2021, female students, LGBTQ plus youth and students who have the same sex partners were more than likely uh, than their peers to experience violence. So girls, uh, young people who identified LGBTQ plus and girls who are in same-sex relationships end up experiencing more violence than any other uh, demographic group. And it said nearly 20% of the female students experienced sexual violence by anyone, by nearly 50% had ever, who had ever been forced to have sex. So what they're saying here is 20% of the female students had experienced some type of sexual violence incident, but nearly 15% had ever been forced to have sex. So there was, a, there, was a, there was no force there, but they were still assaulted. And then another uh, statistic that they pulled from this was Black and Hispanic youth were more likely than Asian, white, and multiracial youth students to miss school due to safety concerns. So as we break it down by demographics, there's demographics, there's different stories that are being told about what's happening and how this is impacting youth. But one thing that's very clear is that youth are being impacted across the board. Even if you have some young person in your life, or maybe you are the young person, where these things are not happening to you, you should still be aware of them because you're, you're the young person in your life or even yourself may be responding to prevent these things from happening, even because they're in within your space and in your environments. And this is why we're talking about it on this podcast. And we'll continue to share more information like this. Because I don't think that these are the things that always come across 
uh, as things that we should be considering having conversations with the young people in our lives about until some incident happens at your child's school or at your school as a young person or to a friend or when it hits home is when we want to talk about it. And then we're being in a reactionary standpoint when that happens instead of being proactive. So we want to be as proactive as possible when we are having these conversations. So I'm going to spend the last few minutes talking about, well, what do we do about this, right? It, these are not good things. These are things that are not easy to talk about. Many parents and caregivers struggle with how do we even have these conversations with the young people in our lives. Many young people, what do I do if I find myself in this situation? Well, let's go with the parents and caregivers first, and we'll wrap up with the young people. I'm just going to share two quick tips on both ends, just so that people have something that they can pull and draw from if these issues are coming up. So parents, what I would encourage you to do is find the best method to communicate with the young person in your life and let them know that if anything happens or if they want to talk about avoid anything, to let you know. Now, it might be via text message. It might be an email. It might be writing a note down. But whatever, however your young person communicates, use that method to let them know that you are available to discuss any of these issues revolving around violence and um and how to keep them safe so that they didn't know that if anything happens, they can come talk to you. There's a lot of shame when a young person is being bullied or they've been threatened. Maybe they've been hit. They might not want to tell their parent because they want, they think their parents can tell, well, you should go out there and fight. And, you know, you shouldn't deal with those types of things. But make sure you create that avenue so that the young person can talk to you about it. The next thing is make sure that you're paying attention to the environments in which the young people that you have in your life are in. So check in with the school, see what the climate's like. Are they having lockdowns on a consistent basis? What's happening at the school so that your child is in the most safe place as possible? And then as a young person, I would encourage two things. Don't be afraid to talk to somebody about the violence that you're witnessing or experiencing personally and make sure you share that with somebody. If it's somebody that you know is your, is your peer and you care about them, that's cool. Share it with somebody. Don't do don't be a victim and be isolated due to the violence. And then lastly, if you know, protect yourself at all costs. If you something happens to you, report it. If you have to defend yourself, defend yourself. But be very very careful and be very very alert. Oh, you know, being aware is very important so that you don't become a victim. If something doesn't feel right, get out of that situation as best as you can. Um, let somebody know that something's happening. If someone's sending you threatening text messages or messages online, let someone know. Don't feel like you have to go at it alone because going at it alone sometimes may even be more traumatizing than the actual violence because you feel helpless. No one can help you. No one can do anything. So I just want to leave those quick tips. It's not an easy conversation. It's unfortunate that we live in a society where so many of our young people are dealing with violence on a consistent basis and they just can't live their lives have some fun, learn about their identities, go to school, learn, um, but they also have to protect themselves at the same time. It's a reality that we can't avoid, but it's something that we have to continue to talk about as we move forward. I'm going to wrap us up here. Again, my name is Brandon Jones. This is It Is Not Your Fault, a teen mental health podcast. And if you have questions or you want more information, you can find us in two places. You can find me at my own website, www.jegna.org. That's jegna.org. Uh, feel free to send me any messages there. Feel free to uh, go there and ask any questions. Or you can check us out at shalettamakesmelaugh.com. Please make sure to check out all the podcasts on the network. It's quality information, 
all across the board and share each podcast you check out with somebody that you um, that you love and that you care about. Until next time, take care. Peace. To check out previous episodes of It's Not Your Fault or to learn more about Brandon Jones, log on to SheLetHerMakesMeLaugh.com. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> on this season of Outside Chance... We're about to put the fly and fly fishing. I'm about to prove there's an outdoor activity for everybody. Yeah! This one I'm pretty confident I can make. <laughs> I'll break down gear, costs, and best locations to learn. Holy crap. Whoa! Yeah! Life yeah! is meant to be experienced. <laughs> Did you see that? Join me and find out what you've been missing. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, and it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. When I walked across that stage at my high school graduation, I was excited, but confused about my next step. Then I walked through the doors at Doherty Family College. Doherty Family College is part of the University of St. Thomas. It's a two-year college that lets you earn an associate's degree and puts you on a path to your bachelor's degree. Classes are small, so I have a personal relationship with professors committed to my success. Like the name says, they treat us like family. They call us scholars because they believe we could do anything we put our minds to. They set us up for excellence with free tutoring, and that's not the only thing that's free. Laptops, books, even breakfast and lunch, and bus fare. That's part of the package here at Doherty Family College. It's even free to apply. So do like I did. Go to dfc.stthomas.edu and set up a tour. We'd be excited to welcome you to our family here at Doherty Family College. Whether I'm taking the bus or the light rail, I'm on board with Metro Transit. What would I do without my ride? I hope to never find out. Metro Transit is my ticket to get where I need to go, uptown or downtown, city or suburbs, no hassle. It's my reliable, affordable way to get to work, run errands, visit friends, and then get back home to my neighborhood. With easy to pay fares, I just jump on board and relax while a professional does the driving. This is my time to listen to my music, catch up with my friends on social media, play a game or read, or just chill out and unwind on the way to my destination. But sharing the ride is also about being with folks from my community, headed to school, or traveling to their appointments, or out on the town. Traveling together, we make our road safer and create a healthier environment for everyone. Get on board with Metro Transit. It's your ride, too. Racial covenants had structured every aspect of life. Keeping black people in black spaces. Slavery's history is Minnesota's history. So much of working towards racial equity is around telling our own stories. You know Shaletta makes you laugh. But did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. 
It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. When you're running your own business, it's exciting to imagine what's possible and overwhelming to think about how to make it work. You need a banker to help meet challenges and make the most of opportunities to grow. At Bremer Bank, we understand that success is always a team effort because right now, relationships matter more than ever and understanding is everything. Find out more at bremer.com.